Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Your food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar. Harp on Sports podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, like, subscribe, share at Harpon Sports, Twitter at Harpon Sports, Instagram, of course, Harpon Sports Facebook page, Harpon Sports, the YouTube channel. Here's what we have in store for you today a little college football freedom, baseball's bump, and the NFL's no mas. Okay, where to begin? Uh, college football. Coming out and allowing a one-time transfer, no matter what, no matter when, you can transfer and play immediately. I don't see a downside. I don't. Love it. Love it. And I've seen throughout the course of the day, it's funny how you have a group of people, if they aren't punishing or controlling young people, then they feel like they're not doing their job. I've got to, I've got, they've got to learn lessons. It's life. They're going to learn a lot of them. They're going to learn a lot of them. Whether it's 53% of marriages ending in divorce, whether it's getting themselves into debt, whether it's not taking care of their health, plenty of life lessons for everyone out there. Punishing a 19-year-old because of the college that they choose to go to and then don't like it, not really a harsh life lesson that you want to have to teach somebody. I always think it's interesting when I hear people say, well, you just go somewhere and quit. What type of life lesson is that? Uh, they're not happy with the school that they went to, so they go to another one. Well, they've got to sit out a year. This fascination with punishing young people is just fascinating to me. Well, they're going to learn lessons. They're going to learn plenty of them. They're going to lose loved ones. People are going to get sick. They're going to lose things their whole life. This whole thing that somehow if somebody's allowed to transfer and play immediately, they're not learning a valuable life lesson. Stop it. That's absurd. It's ridiculous. So, you know, you look at the bright side of this, that if I'm a football player, I decide to go somewhere. I'm not happy there. I want to leave and I go play somewhere else immediately. Well, they got to sit out of here. Why? Porter Moser just left Loyola Chicago. He's the head coach of Oklahoma immediately. You didn't have to sit out. Well, it's different. No, it's different because you want it to be different because you want to punish young people. If you're a college football player and you want to transfer and play immediately, so what? College football was worse because Joe Burrow went to LSU and played right away? Come on, stop it. Guys, it can transfer and go to other schools. It makes things better, more interesting. Justin Fields transferred from Georgia, went to Ohio State, played right away. And a bad thing? Because it's a bad thing for Georgia. So what? So what? It's bad. I just don't, I don't get it. This is better for everyone. So if somebody goes to Alabama, doesn't like it, player A wants to transfer and play immediately at Michigan, how's that a bad thing? Football player goes to Michigan, wants to transfer and play immediately, go somewhere else, how's that a bad thing? Everybody always tells me it's about the name on the front of the jersey, not on the name of the back. Who cares if somebody goes somewhere and goes somewhere else and goes somewhere else? You don't care about the players that win, you just care that the team wins, right? So what difference does it make? What player does it? A rising tide raises all ships, right? And... Florida just had a player transfer. He's going to Samford. It makes smaller conferences better as well. Non-Power 5 conferences better as well. If I can't play at Florida State, Florida, Miami, and I can go transfer and play immediately at Memphis or UAB or UCF or, you know, pick, why not? Or Mac School, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan, why not? How's that a bad thing? Seriously, how's that a bad thing? Transfer, play immediately. What if a bunch of guys get together and 
all decide to play on the same team. You mean like the NBA? Well, yeah, that's the NBA's bad too. You mean like the Buccaneers with Rob Gronkowski? You mean I think it's funny that nobody had a problem with Gronk and Brady and everybody, you know, Antonio Brown, all these guys going to Tampa to play with Tom Brady and win a Super Bowl, but a bunch of guys want to get together in the NBA and play on the same team. A bunch of guys want to get together in college and play on the same th- team, and it's awful. Stop it. Come on. It's absurd. Free. Don't be dumb. They can transfer and go somewhere else. It's good. Now, I hope college football takes a couple more steps. I do. I hope college football takes a couple more steps here. What are those steps? Well, what's going to happen with this is guys aren't going to be happy. and They're going to transfer and play somewhere else, which is a good thing. The next step in this is lowering the scholarships from 85 to 75 per school. If you go from 85 to 75 per school, what that does is, first of all, 85 football scholarships is ridiculous. Ridiculous. How's nobody brought this up? 85 scholarships? That's ridiculous. The fact that you can have two guys at each position. So 44 guys on the field, right? 11 on offense, 11 on defense, 22 times 2 is 44. So two guys at each position. And even if you do the kickers, that's two more. That's 48. And you're still 37 scholarships behind and not all those guys can just... It's absurd. It's absurd that there's that many scholarships. Knock 10 scholarships out of each school. Every school cries poverty. Oh, they have no money. I just found a solution. You say an education is very valuable. Education is just as good as money. All right, fine. I eliminate 10 scholarships from your uh, football program. That's $20,000 a year uh, per scholarship. That's $200,000 a year. Take that money and pay the players. Here we go. Problem solved. Problem solved. Or take those 10 scholarships and turn them over to baseball, who you hose. With partial scholarships, take those 10 football scholarships, give them to baseball, and give them to softball. Round everybody out. Ridiculous. So, I like that you can transfer and play immediately. The next thing is knock down the number of scholarships in football from 85 to 75. 10 fewer scholarships per team. They go they go to baseball and softball. Go, go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Maybe we can bring back college wrestling. Oh, I know. Now, is 75 enough? No, but it's a start. I'd like to go down to 65. You do not need 85 scholarships in football. You don't. So that's that phase. And then another phase with the draft coming up. This is a big step for college football. Here's the next step. If you enter the draft and you want to return, you can do it. Just like the NBA. But I've got another one. If you enter the draft and don't get drafted, you get to come back to school. But there's a catch. There's a catch. Let's say I am Seth Harp, defensive back, Texas A&M. And I decide that I am going to enter the NFL draft. And I don't get drafted. Uh-oh. Well, it serves you right. I'm not in the business of punishing 21-year-olds. I'm not. The failure not to get drafted is embarrassing enough as it is. Don't need to embarrass them anymore. What would I do after that? I would add another layer. You can come back to school, but here's the thing. You have to come back to a non-power five. You have to drop down a level. So, if I'm at Texas A&M, I enter the draft, I'm not drafted as a defensive back, okay, I can come back to school then. However, I've got to go to Conference USA. I have to go to the Sun Belt. I have to go to the MAC. If I'm a Big Ten football player at Ohio State, I enter the draft, I don't get drafted. Guess what? I have to. I can come back, but I got to come back to Akron. I have to come back to Kent State. Yeah, 
Think about what that does. That takes, you know, 20 or 30 guys that thought they were good enough. They got a draft grade, weren't good enough, don't get drafted for whatever reason. Those players can immediately come back, join a non-power five. Think about how, okay, you started you started at defensive back for Texas A&M. You enter the draft, you don't get drafted. Okay, now you can come back to college. You can go play right away for Memphis. You can go play right away for Cincinnati. You can go play right away for, that's awesome. Think about what that would do to the smaller you, you talk about rising up a smaller level. With the draft coming up, there's going to be 40, 50, 60, 80 guys that don't get drafted. If you're a major conference football player and you enter the draft, don't get drafted, you can come back. But you got to come back at a non-power five. Well, what if you're from a MAC school or a Sun Belt and you enter and you don't get drafted? Then it's down to the next level. The FCS. Next level. You can go play at Furman. You can go play at Florida A&M. An HBCU, that'd be great. So again, just the next level in this, just in the next level of this. Um, a couple things with baseball is the Atlantic League that's exploring the minor leagues, exploring moving the mound back. So instead of 60 feet, six inches, 61 feet, six inches. And they've done studies on this. It doesn't affect players' arms. They're not trying to overcompensate. What does it do? It slows pitches down a couple miles an hour. Moves you back a foot. And they're experimenting with all sorts of things like, okay, once the starting pitcher comes out, the DH disappears, which, I again, I, I'm i not a fan of, I know old school guys love pinch hitters. It's ultimate strategy. Yes, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see David Ortiz or Edgar Martinez or, you know, studs hitting at the plate. I want to sit, sit in here and watch the fifth best utility infielder come out there and swing three times against the guy that's, you know, been resting all night and throws 97 miles an hour. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, for the one time out of 20, it works. Sports are about the best against the best. So I'm not too sure about that. Moving the mound back a foot? Okay. Okay. I We'll see how it works. Because baseball's caught. Tons of strikeouts slow down the game. Why? Because you're swinging and missing, swinging and missing, swinging and missing. Baseball also wants more runs, but that adds time to the game as well. People say there's too many baseball games today. Well, there's as many baseball games now as there were 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Because it's been 60 years, right? Maris 61, 162-game season, right? So, I mean, we've had 162 games for 60 years now. So what do we do? Well, a couple ideas. You want to speed up the game. And encourage people to put the ball in play. I don't mind moving the mound back, the mound back a foot. And they're doing this at the minor league level. At least baseball is doing this now. NFL does stuff like this all the time. Overtime rule. Oh, we don't like it. We're going to change it. Pass interference rule. Oh, we don't like it. Okay, we're going to change it. Okay, you can target, but you're ejected. Okay, no, you're not. The penalty's still six, but the penalty doesn't stay. Football changes stuff all the time. Baseball's like, if we change this, we can't go back. Of course you can. We change things all the time. Speed limits go up, they go down. We change stuff all the time. This is a tax bracket. Now this is a tax bracket. We do this all the time in all sorts of walks of life. So what I would like to see, baseball moving the mound back, this is something else I'd like to see. If there's a called third strike, the next hitter starts 0-1 in the count. If you take a called third strike, the next hitter ups 0-1. I'll speed it up. I'll speed it up. It's going to lead to more strikeouts, Seth. Maybe. Let's see. Or maybe it gets the guy at the plate swinging the bat, put more balls in play. Strikeouts are up like 30% from 15 years ago. Well, the guys aren't learning the art. No, they're not. The guys are throwing 98 miles an hour now, and they're getting gas because they're guessing too much. 
So, again, baseball, if you want to move the mound back a foot, that's from 60 foot, 6 inches to 61 feet, 6 inches. That's great. Move it back a foot. Minor leagues, check. That's what the minor leagues are for. Test all this stuff out. Test all this stuff out. We adjust it in other sports, right? The crease in hockey's changed. We, just move, we move things around. It's fine. Now, baseball replay is ridiculous, and that's another thing. I still don't know why umpires have to go over there and wait and go down. Just have a guy in the press box sitting up there going, okay, yeah, he's out. I don't know what this pageantry's for. So, again, I, if you want to tweak some things here and there, that's fine. You want to get, we need more runs. Okay. I had a great idea where you play doubleheaders every other weekend. You expand the rosters. You expand the rosters and you play doubleheaders every other weekend. You can shave by the, doing that over the course of six months, you shave two weeks off the schedule. What if you get a rain out? Oh, here's the fun part. You always play it in the stadium that doesn't rain. Ones with lids. Milwaukee has a lid, right? Who else has a lid? Miami has a lid. Make sure those doubleheaders are always incurring in indoor stadiums where you know you're going to get it in. So, again, I, look, baseball's trying to figure some things out here. Okay, that's fine. See if it works. If it does, then you move up automated strike zones. I don't know if we need to do that stuff. But again, you want to encourage offense? You want to encourage, oh, the shift, the shift. Oh, come on. Could you imagine like with Ted Williams, all these old school baseball guys, we don't know what to do about the shift. We do stuff like this in football all the time. You only can have so many guys on the left side of the line, only so many guys on the right side of the line. Heck, on kickoffs, you only can have so many guys on the left side of the kicker, so many guys on the right side of the kicker. Same thing, baseball. You're going to have so many guys on this side of second base, only so many guys on this side of third base. Or shortstop has to, shortstop always has to be even with the bag or on the left side of the infield can't bring your third baseman over to where the second baseman is there's, there's all sorts of things you can do with this so baseball's bump it, at least they're doing stuff now and again i like it i like at least they're testing this out in the minor leagues so there we go um a little nfl no mas for you <laughs> the nfl players are looking around for these voluntary workouts and saying we're absolutely not. Why? No. They're not voluntary workouts. No. We're collectively bargained. They're voluntary. We're not doing it. <laughs> Pass. Well, how can they? How can they what? They're not mandatory. Collectively bargained. Well, this is going to make us fall weeks and weeks behind. Oh, for crying out loud. When the first four picks in the draft are going to be quarterbacks and the draft is three weeks away, two weeks away, whatever it is. Here's four franchises that are moving around, moving multiple first-round picks to come up and get their quarterback. You tell me what voluntary practice right now is going to do for those four teams at the top of the draft that don't even know who their quarterback is yet. Well, I guess the Jaguars know who theirs is, and I guess at that point you can sit there and probably make a case the Jets know who theirs is as well. But you can't practice with anybody. Voluntary workouts. Well, you know, and I understand voluntary, and you should want to go. You should want to go. Yeah, I guess. But players are saying, I'm not traveling across the country and everybody has COVID. Why am I going to go down there and get COVID, you know, voluntary workouts? No. No. Mandatory workouts? Yeah, I'll be there. But, uh, come on. Do we think the Patriots won the Super Bowl last year because of voluntary workouts? Was Tom Brady at voluntary workouts? Couldn't, can't remember. Was Gronk? I don't think he'd signed yet, had he? So, gang, again, I, I am, I'm a realist. When it comes to these things and with the NFL and these players saying, Hey, look, I'm, I'm, we're not coming. They're voluntary. We're not coming. Great. 
Don't go. Voluntary workouts don't make or break guys. They don't. The ones that matter when the rookies come back and you have rookie camp and the rookies get, okay, after the draft, the rookies come in the next week and then you have OTAs and then you can go through all of these things. Okay, fine. We're getting there. We're getting there. And I know voluntary workouts used to be this thing where we're going to bring guys and everybody going to get to know each other. Everybody knows the sacrifice that needs to be made. Well, you've got players now that are retiring earlier. They're not playing nearly as long because they know the risk and the injury. And they're sitting there going, wait a second. Why? You tell me if I'm a veteran in this league for five or 10 years, why am I going to go bang a bunch of helmets with a bunch of guys in April? What's well, for the betterment of the team? We don't have any rookies there yet. You got to teach the young guys. What do you mean young guys? Young guys aren't there yet. Pass. If the owners wanted them there and they should have made voluntary workouts, mandatory workouts. Right? I just, I, I don't, this is one of these things. And of course, players aren't going to show up, especially right now with the coronavirus. Why would I? I wouldn't show up. Voluntary in April? What did Tom Brady need to go to o- uh, voluntary workouts for? Uh, well, you just set a good example. Okay. Sure. Good for them. Good for them. And again, back on the NFL back end here, draft coming up, tied in with the college thing. I would love to see college football and the NFL get together and create a rule in which you, if you enter the draft and you don't get drafted, you can come back to college, but you have to go down a level. If you're Alabama, if you're an Alabama offensive guard, you enter the draft, you don't get drafted. You leave early. You enter the draft. You don't get drafted. Like that's going to happen. You can come back to college, but you can't play at Alabama. Now you have to go down a level. So you can go to conference USA, the Mac, the Sun Belt, down a level, down a level. If you play in the MAC, you enter the draft, you don't get drafted, you can come back, as long as you have eligibility, down the next level. It's great. You make the sport so much better. So much better. All right, Harp on Sports, the bar, Harp on Sports, audio, podcast, radio network. Uh, follow, share, like, subscribe, at Harp on Sports, Twitter, at Harp on Sports, Instagram, HarpOnSports.com, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page in the bar. Uh, follow, share, like, subscribe, all that action. Um, as always, we appreciate the time and look forward to chatting with you soon. Stay strong, stay clean, stay focused. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.